Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Uh, well, like the rest of America, I'm wondering how the chickens are doing and their virginas. <gasps> oh, that's right. That's I feel <laughs> like everyone's at the edge of their seats. Um, oddly enough, quick virgina update. I don't know what happened, but after all of the craziness and the farm vet and the Matt sticking his pinky up the chicken... She ended up being totally fine. Like all of a sudden she's just acting totally fine. So we put her back out in the coop and she's been a hundred percent fine. Maybe she's just playing hard to get. That's why she's fine she, now. I think she just wanted some attention. It may, yeah. Well, she got it. Farmer Matt. Two, two knuckles worth, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> two inches. Two inches in right. all the way in. Right, but she's right been now. fine, but she still hasn't laid an egg. So if there's any oh. chicken experts out there that can tell me what the hell was wrong with her, I'd be great. Thanks. Uh, right now, our guest, uh, Steph the Hammer Roach, is going, well, what the hell are they talking what the about? Steph, what's doing? going on? I like this story already. I don't even know what's happening, but I like this story. So we, we had uh, Danny, uh, Danny Spiegel on our last episode. And if you haven't listened to any episodes we do with Danny, that's the one to listen to. But they're all ridiculous. Yeah. Every time she's on, it just goes off the rails at some point. Usually it happens really early. This time it happened kind of late. But when it went off the rails, it went off hard. And... <laughs> We got on this tangent about Nikki's chickens, couldn't lay an egg, and Matt had to get the egg out and just use your imagination. It was uh, it was good. It was a good good time. Very good time. How are you, Steph? I am, <laughs> I am wonderful, and I'm so excited to be hanging out with you guys tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I miss seeing people in person, but um, we all go pretty uh, way back, so it's nice to be able to to see you both. I know. And like, we all go way back, but also I feel like I haven't seen you IRL since like friggin' Wadapalooza like two years ago now, three? I know. It's like, like a it's million crazy. years ago. And just so you know, I don't know if like this is on uh, or if people see this live, but there's a camera right in front of me, but I'm looking at you. So if it uh, looks like I'm not looking at you, I promise I am. For all those people who watch on YouTube who are like, Steph said she liked John and Nikki, but she's <laughs> ignoring them in this entire no, podcast. She's not looking at them. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's been like so long already just to feel like we're in this virtual ro- world. And I feel like I do this every day and I'm so grateful for what I'm able to do. But this year has gone by kind of just like in the blink of an eye a little bit. And you're just like, where is life? What is life right now? What is life? I bet for you too, Steph, because um, you've had like a bunch of life changes (laughs) recently (laughs) on top of all of the craziness that sort of already was 2020 and all the crap that we've been dealing with. You had a move. You are still rocking and rolling in your own business. You got married. Like I want to dissect all the things that have been going on in your life over the last year. But before we even get to the specific details, um, I kind of just want to introduce you. Like if people are, are, um, relatively new to Steph the hammer roach, um, (laughs) can you just kind of give a little, a little couple lines about, who you are and you're like an accomplished adaptive athlete and really pretty and like a good friend <laughs> of ours. But like, yeah, give us just a little bio on who you are for the people that this might be their first introduction to you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. So uh, the reason that you're hearing them refer to me as Steph the Hammer Roach, uh, we recently got married and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little Yay! bit. Steph Hammerman, uh, 
and I guess that's where the hammer came from. I started CrossFit in 2012, May 3rd of 2012. Um, for those that start CrossFit, everyone knows their first day. Everyone remembers their first day. Uh, so it's hard to believe that it's about to be nine years. Like that's so crazy to me. Um, but in 2012, I really found a love for CrossFit and then ended up really finding a love for coaching and wanting my voice to be heard and wanting to be able to help people um, reach their goals and, and be able to show them from my perspective that you can have a coach um, regardless of what they look like, what their abilities might be like. You can have a really badass coach as long as you're willing to put in the work and as long as you guys are willing to have that kind of communication. So in 2013, I was able to actually become the world's first female with cerebral palsy to become a level one trainer. And then in 2014, got my level two certification. Uh, super proud of that. And it's just been an amazing ride in the last nine years, helped create uh, adaptive divisions for one of the largest competitions in the world um, with Wadapalooza. And that's kind of taken off in a little bit of a different direction, which is wonderful. And there's just a, a lot going on. So yeah, from beginning in 2012 to where we are now, it's been, it's pretty hard to put into like a two sentence kind of I thing, know. but it's been an amazing ride. Uh, my one sentence is, wow, we're old. <laughs> We've not been doing this for so long that we can be like, I've been coaching for a decade, basically, and we're old as fuck. I always find it weird when somebody says they started the same year I did, because I feel like I've been doing it forever and ever and ever. And then yeah. when other people, I find that other people have been doing it a decade. I'm like, I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not alone in my plateaus. Well, it's also, it's funny to like hear Matt Fraser do his interviews because he really like got involved, I guess, in, what is it, 2014, he got super involved. So like to know that there were, you know, two years that we were doing this really before he came onto the scene. It's kind of cool to have been able to have watched all of that too. You know, the, the year I started stuff, I, um, you know, this is before they were streaming the games and like, you, or they maybe were, but it just wasn't as readily available to everyone. I mean, we were still doing MySpace for God's sake. So, oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So that year I was so new to CrossFit. We all decided to go to the Arnold down in Columbus. It's like two hours from here. Right. And so a bunch of us from the gym piled in a car as only CrossFitters can do. We drive down there and they had this tiny little CrossFit exhibit. And these were real athletes doing it. And Rich Froning was there. And at some point he was, I don't even know what he was selling. Like, I have no idea. Just some supplement, you know, just there at the booth. There was no one. And I mean, no one in line for him. 2012, like nobody knew anything about CrossFit <laughs> in those days. No, and, nothing. And keep in mind, this is like the Arnold. Like, it's nothing but those little you know, string tank tops and yeah, big tans all day. And fake tans as far as the eye can see. And like, nobody cared You're about basically him describing my last weekend. Okay. So be careful. <laughs> hey, I got, I got some gray sweatpants today from, uh, born primitive. So watch out. It's going to be Ooh. very exciting around here. Very exciting. <laughs> anyway, back to stuff. <laughs> 
Well, so yeah, so it's hard to put into words like, you know, what nine years of experience and kind of like climbing through the ranks and, and getting all those certifications have been like, but I do know that it's culminated in you starting your own business, which also has gone through a crazy metamorphosis of, you know, yeah. being a being a building and then doing all the Zoom stuff. So what's that been like for you over the last uh, last year or so? So in 2018, uh, I decided to open a gym and we had opened Hammer Driven Fitness. I was really excited about it. It was a CrossFit affiliate. So we were CrossFit HDF, but I also wanted to have the word fitness in there because I felt like um, I love CrossFit and we all do, but it also comes with its certain um, connotations and the, the kind of population that I really wanted to cater to. I didn't want to have them have their own like misconceptions of what they were getting into. So with Hammer Driven, we had created, even though it was a small community, we'd created this community of people that were of all ages, abilities, and skill levels doing fitness together with whether you were an adaptive athlete or you were a master's athlete or you were just a brand new teenager getting into CrossFit. Like it was really cool to see the kind of community we had. And something that was special was that in our facility, we had a 5,000 square foot facility and it was full of adaptive equipment that was specifically made for adaptive athletes. So it was kind of like this, um, this space that didn't really exist, right? And so I felt like it was really important to kind of bring that to the forefront. Um, but it was one of the most challenging things I'd ever done. Um, it, and it was probably the most challenging in the sense of financially, um, emotionally, relationship-wise, like opening a business is not easy. And I talked about this on a podcast with Jason Khalifa where like we, I truly believed that Steph the Hammer was going to open a gym and everyone was going to want to come to it. Like there was so much support online and there was so much like, yeah, you can do this. You know, you're going to be amazing at it. And then the doors open and you're just like, oh shit, like this is, you know, yeah. this is shit. Really- now I gotta put, I gotta put food on the table. Like yeah, fuck. It's really <laughs> yeah. hard. And so like as crazy as 2020 was and COVID-19 was like, it was a reality that we were going to have to close the door. Yeah. Um, and so once I accepted that reality and I was like, okay, well, I'm not done. Right. Like I'm not over it. So I still want to give people an amazing whiteboard experience. I still want to be able to coach them, even if it's the small number of athletes that I had with Hammer Driven, people were still paying me $135 a month or, you know, whatever their membership was a month to be able to have the experience. So I wanted to give them a good experience. So I sat down with my husband and I was like, what do we do? And he's like, well, why don't you look at your wall? And on the wall, there was an image where you had uh, a person running, and then you had um, an amputee running, and then you had a person in a chair that was pushing. And that was our logo. And on the bottom, the words were, stay driven. And so he's like, why don't we just transform it? And we'll go staying driven. We'll take hammer driven, and we'll just continue it. And we'll continue with staying driven. We had no idea what Zoom was at the time. And I was just like, (laughs) I'm going to try this Zoom thing and see if it works. And there were some classes where we did Zoom and there were some classes where we did Google Meet and we were just trying to figure out what worked. And for some reason, this Zoom thing was working. And 
little by little, more people started like coming into class. And then I realized, well, that's really silly for them to pay uh, 135 plus a month to be able to do what we're doing. Why don't we make it an affordable price and give them an amazing experience and open it up to the entire world? And that's what staying driven has become. Like as crazy as it sounds, like I have more athletes in staying driven and participating in my classes daily than I ever did in my um, brick and mortar. Huh. Isn't yeah. that wild yeah. to think about? So, it's Steph, crazy. Are, you, are you still catering? Are you catering exclusively or mostly to adaptive athletes, or is this just athletes of all levels? It's athletes of all levels. I don't think exclusively um, adaptive athletes is the right term. We have a lot of adaptive athletes, but I think it's also they're realizing, um, or people are realizing that they can log on to a computer for one hour, use whatever they have in their house, and get their fitness on. 95% of our population, and this was not on purpose, 95% of our population is adaptive, whether they have CP, whether they use a chair for some reason, whether they're amputee, like doesn't matter to us. I have hearing impaired athletes. Um, but then we also have athletes from Hammer Driven that just loved our coaching. And so we kind of stuck with it. And one of my best friends in North Carolina ended up coming on as my head coach. And then I have two other coaches um, one in another one in North Carolina and then one in Florida that I've never actually physically met. Oh my uh, God. So crazy. That is like, that is the world we live in now where yeah. like everyone is remote and everyone has an opportunity and like connect with good yeah. people and do good but work. She's, she's amazing. Her name is Dory and, uh, she was, a an athlete in one of my classes and after class, I just liked her energy and I liked the way she was explaining things. And I realized she was a physical therapy student. And I was like, how cool is that? Mm -hmm. So I interviewed her after that class and it's been probably seven months since then. So she's been working for us for about seven months and we've never physically met. So so funny. Yeah. I, I think I've learned during the pandemic that's actually my preferred method of relationships. At this yeah. point is, like we don't have to meet in person. We can just do a Zoom call. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All my girlfriends who are like single and trying to figure out how to do this like online dating thing in the midst of the pandemic where like you don't actually want to like meet strangers or like be in an enclosed space with new people. I'm like, maybe this is good for you. Maybe this kind of like very distant virtual relationship is exactly what you need. <laughs> no responsibility. Yeah. I, I am interested in the, the virtual coaching aspect, particularly um, the difference between coaching an adaptive athlete and you know, a non-adaptive athlete. Um, it's been my experience from working with the adaptive athletes some that they're the most irreverent group out there, like super funny, like nothing can offend them. So I could like, in my mind, they would be the most fun to coach, but I'd be interested in your perspective. Like, you know, are there, do you find differences between the two groups? Is it all the same? Like, what's it like coaching such a diverse group of athletes? Well, if you think about it on the screen right now, even you and Nikki, if I were to have you guys in a class, Nikki's pregnant, right? And and your abilities might have to be scaled. Right? Might have. Girl, have you seen me try to bend over? <laughs> no, but, you know, and I think that's what's really cool about 
the community that we have built is we talk about our athletes and all of our coaches know this is we'll go, if you're a standing athlete today, you're going to do X, Y, Z. If you're a seated athlete, you're going to do X, Y, Z. And that kind of breaks it down to where they now know um, what movements are going to work for them. And then we further specify, okay, maybe today's not a great day for Nikki and she's going to sub even further. Right. But we'll always have like the, um, you know, like a quote RX or something that they're trying to reach to, but we're always going to break it down to, if you have the ability to stand, then you're going to stand. If you're a seated athlete, you're going to do this. Right. And so I think it's given them a really good way of understanding, like, this is what I'm going to do today. This is what Steph's going to do today. And we just all come together for one hour and we have a great time. Now it can be really, it can be challenging when you have, you know, I've had upwards of 25 people on a screen and 25 people have 25 different abilities, yeah. but it's no different than at a whiteboard, you explaining the workout seven times and somebody going, so what are we doing? Right. <laughs> and so like, I think like we talked about is you do have this experience. You have nine years of experience underneath a belt of saying, okay, I might still make mistakes, but I'm pretty good at managing what's around me, right? So we've come up with a, a way to where we do a white, excuse me, we do a whiteboard brief and then, you know, does anyone have any questions at all? Like any, you know, so like. Does anyone that, have to go pee? Now is the time. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's been pretty cool that way. The, the biggest thing about staying driven that kind of separates uh, or, you know, kind of separates us in a sense. I love when people come to me and they're like, guess what I did this weekend? Mm. I went on a hike for one hour and I was able to stand on my own two feet for one hour, or I was able to push my chair for one hour without help. And like, to me, that's what this community is, right? Like we are not necessarily a CrossFit affiliate, but I will always be deeply rooted in the methodology, right? I will always be so proud of the way that it's helped me that why would I ever try to badmouth it or, or you know, talk negatively or, or not want to use any of that methodology moving forward? Steph, it seems like it could be a daunting task as a as a gym owner, as a programmer to just have all the knowledge necessary to you know, sub out for different types of athletes. Like it's something that I feel like a lot of coaches that don't have a super diverse community, maybe don't necessarily need to learn or face the way that you have. I mean, how did you, how did you come into all that knowledge and and how did you sort of, I don't know, figure out how to make that part of your everyday routine. I can't even make a lesson plan before I go in to coach. Like I don't have the time or brain space. I think too, like, it's important to understand, like, we're not perfect, right? Like I still fuck things up all the time. Like there are are times where like the middle of a workout, I'm just like, maybe I should tweak this for the evening class. (laughs) Totally. There are still things where I'm just like, I'm not perfect, right? Like I'm not a, I'm not a programming guru or anything like that, but I think you just kind of learn in the sense of, you learn your community and they learn to, to trust you. Just like if you were to give an athlete, a brand new athlete, and they, you were to say to them, I'm coach Nikki, like they're coming in with stars in their eyes. They, they not to say they don't know anything different, but if you go in with confidence, 
they're going to come out with confidence, right? Totally. So even, even if I screw something up, which I do all the time, especially at five in the morning, um, they, you know, as long as you go in confidently going, I, I fucked up, they're going to yeah. appreciate that, you know? Yeah. So I, I will, I'm not trying to make light of it. I think what we're able to do and what I have been able to learn over especially the last year, I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of the fact that I'm able to have 25 people on a screen and I can make every single one of those people feel special. Right. And that's what's most important to me. I love that. So you were able to get this uh, virtual business up and running and keep it going uh, despite a move cross country, right? (laughs) Yeah, we decided to pick up our life and move to Arizona from North Carolina. Um, My grandparents live out here and when COVID had first started, we weren't sure the next time we were going to be able to see them. And like as sad as that sounded, like, you know, you I wanted to be around and um, we don't have children. We have a dog. So we picked up Hexi and and we moved across country. And honestly, it's been the best experience. So it's been really cool. Well, and and somewhere in all of this, you also competed in the open because I kept seeing your name on the leaderboard. (laughs) I did compete in the open. You probably didn't see my name on the leaderboard in the CrossFit world um, because I actually made a leaderboard for yes, the that's right. division. Um, but uh, I, I might have ruffled a, a few feathers. I never meant to, uh, but I felt it was important for the scaled athletes to be seen and be heard. And so um, right alongside CrossFit, it was never in competition with CrossFit. I wanted to release workouts that the scaled athletes because I am what I call a forever scaled athlete. Um, and I'm really proud of that. I wanted them to be able to put themselves up on a leaderboard and see where they fall. So um, the adaptive division is a huge deal for CrossFit and moving forward. I know that they're working really hard to have a scaled division, but it was really important to have one this year. How, cool. how do you feel about it this year? I heard some, I heard some people raving about it. I heard some critiques. Um, just like, what was your overall experience or just viewpoint from I, the scale division went? I think for RX athletes, it was a great opportunity for people to be seen. I think that with, like anything that starts from nothing, it's going to have growing pains and you have to have respect for that. At the same time, it's also really important for everyone to be seen. Just like, you know, if you scale a workout, you're going to be on the scaled leaderboard. I really, really wished they would have um, made that known uh, ahead of time. So, uh, you know, you pay for an experience and, and that's what you're hoping to get. And at the end of the day, when that wasn't available, instead of bitching about it, I just made my own. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, I'll just do this. It's cool. No problem. <laughs> no, I think, but that, I think that speaks to the adaptive mindset, you know, just like, screw it. I'll just, I'll do what works for me. So it's great. Yeah. yeah I love it. Go ahead, Nikki. I, I, I well, I was just going to say, I think that it's, I think that it's like, like you said, you know, it, it was the first year and there's obviously gaps to fill and things that need to get better. So I think that by you setting an example, it's a path forward, you know, to a future that is hopefully better for, for everyone involved. Yeah. And I think that's too, what like 
like we all understand, like we're deeply rooted in this community. There were some people that I definitely made upset and, and, you know, years ago, I probably would have made myself sick to my stomach knowing that I've made other people upset. But at the end of the day, like I did what I thought was right for especially our staying driven community because I wanted them to understand the CrossFit world. Right. And, and I, you know, was pushing for them to do the open. And then when we found out there wasn't a leaderboard for them, it was like, what am I pushing them to do? You know? So at the end of the day, that's kind of why I made my decision. I think it's okay. I wouldn't feel bad (laughs) if I were you, you know, I don't don't feel bad at all anymore. (laughs) I was going to say, but we, it's easy for us to say, because we, upset people 24-7, John. I just feel like nobody else is going to advocate for you. Like, I I think CrossFit's well-intentioned with what they're trying to do with the scale division. And you can look at what Wadapalooza has done as, like, kind of the gold standard for making it a true competitive division, not – I don't know what the right words are. Like, I think often CrossFit has used – and I shouldn't say CrossFit. Right. Like we always, we talk about like the exhibition side, the first few years of Wadapalooza, you have to understand, like I worked hard to, to start it, but like Chris Guttenberg and Will Wad, he was the one that made it competitive. Right. He's one of my, he's one of my greatest friends. I'm like super proud of everything he's done, but like, that's what makes it competitive, right. Is having somebody that understands that competitive mindset. And like, like we said, everything starts from the ground. Right. So you can't just expect it to happen overnight. But at the same time, like if if there was a gap that needed to be filled, I'm glad that I filled it because at the end of the day, you know, hopefully next year I won't have to. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you filled it. I had people reaching out to me going, hey, you need to say something. I'm like, the hell I do. I'm not, I'm not jumping into this can of worms. I, I messaged Logan and I'm like, Hey, are you on this? He's like, yeah, we're on it. I'm like, okay, I'm not, okay, I'm good. not jumping into this. I'm going to let, let you guys fight the battle. If you need my help, let me know, but I'm not. Yeah. Can of worms. yeah. <laughs> so Steph, yeah. COVID moving, figuring out your business. And then you added getting married to all of that craziness yeah. in the last couple months alone. What, what was like, that wasn't your original plan, right? Like you, yeah. you had a different day, you had different. Yeah. Okay. So tell us what happened. No, no, no. So, uh, for those that don't know, uh, I'm a five year cancer survivor. I can't believe I'm like saying that, but that's Has crazy. It's been five years already. It's been, it's been five years. So crazy. Um, but everyone had joked because Ty and I have known each other for almost six years and we were dating about five and a half or we were dating about five months when I had gotten um, sick. So he'd moved with me to New York. And so like from the minute that we started dating, people were like, when are you guys getting married? Right. Right. Of course. And so uh, when we moved to Arizona, we were on our way moving to Arizona. I remember my mom calling me and my grandma calling me and being like, being like, you can't cross state lines until he proposes to you. And I was like, that's not my deal. <laughs> you you just like, you know, they were all joking and like, they just were like, when is this going to happen? I had no clue. But we were driving from North Carolina and we had ended up in New Mexico. We had one more, probably like one more day of driving uh, on July 2nd. 
We are in New Mexico, and I am a huge fan of the movie Cars. Super cheesy, but... Uh, oh, I'm totally <laughs> on board with this. And um, uh, we were driving through New Mexico, and one of the scenes, it's called The Window. I don't know how to say it in Spanish, but it looked like a scene from Cars. And I was in, I was in the car behind Ty because he was... Um, driving all of our stuff so he had like a big moving truck and I had my van and Hexie in the car and so I had called him and we had really spotty service but I had called him and I was like babe look to your left and you look to your left and there were just like beautiful structures and mountains and I was like we need to like stop and he's like you know what why don't we take some family photos and I should have known at that because he never wants to take family photos with a dog. Okay, that's just, it's not his thing. So I was like, okay, like, that's really cool. So we pulled over to the side, and he had gotten down um, on one knee, and he normally always does that when we take photos, because he's six foot three, and I'm really short. So he got down on one knee, and I was paying attention to Hexty, and he was like, hey, babe, can you hold this for me before we take the photo? And I looked down and the ring was in his hand. And I said to him, I go, that's not mine. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it is. So uh, we we got engaged. It was the greatest day. Nobody knew anything. Nobody, everything was a huge surprise. Um, and then when we got here, we just started, you know, understanding some financial things and, and it was better for us to legally get married uh, and a lot sooner than we had anticipated. And so we actually got legally married in December. So I know because I remember getting the text from you that like this happened. Can you believe it? Oh, my yeah. God. And uh, I think I still well, I mean, I still in my heart will always refer to Ty as the the power tool. Which is his Instagram handle. And the first time I ever met him, I was like, oh, Steph's here. Cool, cool, cool. Oh my God, the original power tool is here too. And I like didn't even like know his real name at that point. Anyway, I remember when you texted me and you were like a picture of the ring, you were like, Holy shit, this happened. Like, save the day. We're gonna do this wedding thing. And I was like, Yeah, I'm so excited. Sounds great. And then like the next text I got from you was like, just so you know we got married and I was like, Oh yeah, that's very 2020. <laughs> right. Like I feel like that's what everyone is doing. I mean, my, yeah. my brother did it and you know, it's, it's been, it's been a crazy year, but I couldn't be happier. And, super and how does Hexy feel about all of this? Most importantly, he is so excited. You know, I tell her all the time she had his last name before me. So uh, oh. now, now we're, you know, officially a family. She was the original Roach lady. She was the Hexy Roach. So she's yeah. always going to hold that over your head, just so you I know. know. It's, <laughs> she's, she's almost four, believe it or not. That's no. my Good <laughs> Lord, where has time gone? I Can know. We add, Can we add Hexy to the baby name list? Ooh, is Hexy oh. a boy name? Can it be a boy name? Hexy, yeah. Well, Hexy is named after Ron Hextall from the Philadelphia Flyers. So he was a he was one of the greatest goalies of all time, apparently. So I 
I don't know anything about hockey. So. I, don't, I don't know. She, she admits sheepishly. I'm sorry. I don't know anything okay. about hockey. <laughs> I just, I wanted the dog. So I let him name her. <laughs> deal. That is always the deal. Yeah. I don't mind yeah. the name Hexy. It's kind of cool. Steph, we let everybody suggest baby names on the show now. So you got any other names you want to throw? Um, I'm, taking, I'm taking suggestions. Ax- sure. Axel was our most recent that we're kind of locked into right Wait, now. Wait, I got one today on, on Instagram that was interesting. What was it? Tater. Yes, I love tater. Right? Tater salad. It's great. Tater, he's Um, a tater tot. I don't... Oh, my gosh. You can Um, think on it. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Name my baby, Steph. Name my baby. (laughs) What were you guys saying before the show? Moira? Is that what we're going with? What was it? No, she laughed about that time. I said that Jews don't... You can't name someone after someone who's still alive. So you can't have Moisha Jr.? I think somebody in our family, my, my, um, my brother, my twin brother is pregnant and somebody told him, uh, or told his wife that like, if you name after a living person, then, then you've automatically given the living person that you've named after a shorter life. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think that's totally the thing. Yeah, I don't know. Jews love superstition. So do Russians. So my family is like double trouble. You can't like do anything weird. Oh, look, Steph, yeah. so to, be, funny. to be fair, knowing Nikki has shortened my life as it is, so Thanks, she wants to name true. this baby John Willie. I'm going to name it John. John Willie. John Willie Brazier. John Willie. I think John Willie Brazier is a solid name. It's Holy better than God. Matt Fraser Brazier, which is what <laughs> you originally said. I think Matt Fraser Brazier is an amazing <laughs> name. I mean, For some reason, the name Drew is I like, like the name Drew. I like that. I could get down with that. Like, Something that like, I don't know. I'm looking for something that's relatively unique without being like too fucking weird. What about Mason? I know so many Mason. This is the other thing is like, we've got a couple names that we really like that are so popular now that it's like, shit, we know so many of those. Here's the thing too. If you know someone, you immediately relate what how you feel about them towards your baby. So like an example, I know a lot of Stephanie's and they're all awesome. I'm not just saying that. Like every Stephanie I know is great, right? So I could name a baby Stephanie, but if you if you like you know a jerk that's a Mason, you ain't never naming mm. that baby Mason. Do you want to do you want to be able to name your kid like an act like a AJ or like? That's a great question. So many people have asked me that. They were like, "Well, what would the like what would the abbreviation be, or what would the letters be?" I get that all the time. Like, what would the what is it called? Yeah, you'll know. Initials. What would the initials be? Because you can't spell something weird with initials or like kids are mean to kids, I guess. I did not know that that was a thing. My brother's middle name is Lauren. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. L-O-R-E-N. Oh, like what? Lauren, I got it. Like the boy version. I actually really love like boy names for girls. When at first, when I got pregnant, I was convinced it was a girl and it was like going to be so much easier to name her now that it's a boy i'm like shit i don't actually like boy names for boys i only like them for girls damn it i i want you to do a really strong cultural name as someone who has you know a hillbilly culture right (laughs) so like there's like no you know we're all yeah i'm a junior you know so it's like we're all you know that's the way it is in the south and it's not like it is when you're jewish or italian or or no you like emmett Ooh, I love Emmett. 
That's a good one. But John, I can't do cultural names because it just doesn't track with Matt. Oh, it does. Like if I, I, I want the, it doesn't. I want the most Jewish name you can give this kid. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I can't, there's no fun family names that I can pull from because I have three uncles named you Igor. Like, you could do like an Emmett Brock. That's Ooh. a unique name. I like that. I like that. That's not like strong. I just don't think that like I don't think that Matt could track with a kid named like Igor or my Igor. grandfather's name was Boruch. I don't think that Matt could track with a kid named Boruch. It just wouldn't I love work. it. I love it. It sounds Jewish and a little Klingon. It's perfect. yeah, yeah. It is. It is. I'm actually half Russian, half Klingon. All I think Jew. it's perfect oh in yeah. every way. Perfect it's in true. every way. It's true. I hope this podcast isn't going off the rails as much as. Like I said earlier, <laughs> do you guys want to talk more about bird vaginas? Because yeah, or that's foot the fetishes. Only way we that's usually breathe. what happens with with. Yeah. Uh, well, you got to understand, like Danny gets all these weird DMs, and that's usually where it comes from. She was talking about all the weird stuff that happened to her over the course of the week, and my life's not that weird. And now the only weird part of my life's when Nikki's telling me weird things going on with her body due to pregnancy. So. Otherwise, do you guys want to hear about how bad my nipples hurt? (laughs) I got (laughs) Steph just goes, No, it's really, it's really (laughs) cold here in Cleveland today. So, me too, me too. I'm going through menopause at 31. So, yeah, that's right. I saw you posted about that too. I mean, nothing is super weird anymore, I guess. I guess at this point, I posted something on Instagram, uh, and someone commented about how, like. It was just nice to, they were like, I thought this was going to be a super sappy post, but instead it was you just saying that you like eat a lot of carbs. And they were like, we appreciate that uh, about you and that you're not just like romanticizing this whole baby thing. Because truly, uh, I have it pretty fucking easy. But yeah, the reality is it's not, it's not. (laughs) Being a female, no matter what, whether you're making babies or you're going through menopause or you're dealing with foot fetish DMs, like it's kind of not easy in any sense of the word. So I was like, yeah, we might as well keep being real with people, Steph. You'd be amazed at some of the weird DMs, man. No. Come on, give it up. What are you getting? Come on. Give us an example. The other day I got one um, that was like, I don't care how you look. Like, I would take such good care of you. Or like, I send them to Ty all the time so that he... Ties, you tell him to shape up because so and so from yeah. the gyms is going to step in and take care of you. So I had this one guy, and he kept telling me that he was Indian and how it would, he would give me like the the best life in India, and I should just leave my husband. So what I did was I gave him to Ty, and I let Ty talk like it was me for like probably an hour but like some people i don't know the biggest thing like that we get that's kind of like weird is people will either want to know like how i i don't know how i get dressed or like how i do daily activities or ask about our sex life which is weird and like people are just curious and i understand that curiosity gets like the best of people but like Sometimes I feel like people can say whatever they want in the DMs because they think like, oh, it's just behind a keyboard. Like a guy told me I was fat last week. And I saw-, saw that. I sent it right to Jessica. I was yeah. like, can you believe this shit? And I was like, you know, people, and I don't know if it's a robot or whatever, but like people are weird and people just don't really seem to give a shit about I other just- 
I guess like like I understand too that people are curious and like that's what fucking Google is for. You <laughs> do not DM someone and be like, "Oh, can you? How do you have sex with your husband?" Like, yeah. look, here's what ha- all here's the way what, off. Here's what's we happening. Had a, right? I, I think like the weirdest encounter we ever had. We were in New York. We were in a grocery store, and this may uh, a lot of people put their hand on my head like a like they want to pray for me. What? So yeah, I had this guy put his hand in my head and told me he wanted to pray for me. And I was like, please don't touch me. And then he went, he went over to Ty and was like, uh, are you with this woman? And he was like, yes, this is my girlfriend. And he goes, I just have to shake your hand because you're just such a good man for being with her. And I was just like, oh, okay. Well, are you kidding me? I would have slapped a man in public. That's what people have done to every girl I've ever dated. Everyone, they go to well, the girl. That's and justified, they, John. They shake her hand and they go, "Thank you for for dating him," where no yeah. one else would. But yeah. That's justified. <laughs> that's interesting. Holy shit! Yeah. And that's like, isn't that the biggest case of like that dude was so dense you can't even help him? Like you can't well, even like be mad because you're like shit. He's like trying to like come from a good place, quote unquote, and he's just yeah. so ignorant that idiot. you can't even fucking help him. There are people that want to like. I had a, a lady in, in the airport, and all she wanted to do was pray that I would be fixed. Isn't and I'm it? just like, dude, I want to catch my flight. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I so, think that that if, might- if that happens again, stuff. Do me a favor. Say, listen, I'm fine, but John Woolley's right shoulder is kind of <laughs> fucked up. If, if you, you would mind, pray for his ass, if please. you wouldn't mind throwing a few prayers and maybe even get his hairline back, that'd be great. Like, oh, you know? man, this is yeah. People, I don't really understand where that like comes from, but it happens way more than you think. <laughs> well, I know where the wild. I know where the online stuff comes from is that, and it's it feels like it's escalated in the last eighteen months or so since yeah. COVID, and we've all been online and we're socially distancing. People are getting so comfortable saying things online that they would never say to your face because if they said it to your face, you'd punch them in the nose. Yes. <laughs> that when there's no fear of repercussions, you just say whatever you want. And eventually you just think like, it's okay. You know, it's crazy. I don't know what it is about. Like, even if I'm sure now that you're pregnant, Nikki, like people you, that you don't know will look at you and like think that you're so fragile or think that, that like you, you can't, like you can't (laughs) just in life right and so i don't know what it is about like just using accessibility devices that get you from point a to point b or doing something a little bit different is like good for you i always use this as an example right like i'm driving down the down the road and some guy flips me off because he thinks i cut him off or something but then that same guy parks next to me and sees me get out of my car in my chair and it's like, oh, well, good for you. You know, so it's like the two different perspectives of like two seconds ago, you thought I was a quote unquote, you know, whatever, normal, you treated me quote unquote normally. And now it's like, oh, well, you know, good for you. So I think that's kind of where I get frustrated is like, I live a pretty awesome life. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, Steph, and you should call me an asshole if I'm driving like yeah. an asshole, no matter whether I'm in this chair or not. I'm, I'm not a great driver, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, Unrelated. You know, Steph, if you want to send me the crazy DMs, I'll I'll fight on your behalf. Anytime oh. Nikki gets one, oh, I am all in. Mean them. 
Dude, John is the best advocate. I don't even send him them anymore because he will inevitably find them for me. And then it's just like off to the races. It's amazing Uh, because the best is like he'll come up with a witty response to whatever someone like inevitably makes fun of, like my nose or something, which happens for some reason. I don't know why. And then like. I don't understand why. Thanks. But like the people that the people like John's response is oftentimes so funny or witty that like that's what kind of takes off in my comment section is like John, whatever, clapped back so hard that everyone else is like, "Ah." sometimes Ty does that. His wit is just like, I don't know if it was a fire department thing, but he is one of the wittiest people that I know. And so sometimes I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to let you handle this. Yep, totally. <laughs> That's uh, funny. The world's the world's crazy stuff. We yeah. should just all be used to it at this point and, and deal with it. But when you get the weird one, send them to me. That's the best part of my day is getting to yeah. fight oh, with I people know. I don't know and defend, defend friends from jerks. So it's great. It's the best. I definitely will. <laughs> Well, this has been fun. It was great yeah. to get you back on the show. It's been a while. I feel like I haven't yeah. talked to you in, God, it's, it feels like it's been a year. As a matter of fact, when Nikki was talking, I went back to my my text from you to find that photo of the, the ring when you sent it to us, and it's been oh, a while. It I, is. Yeah. It's been, I don't know, almost, I think, nine months, maybe? Yeah. We moved here. So crazy. It's yeah, been crazy. Here's the ring, July 5th. Oh, I That's love when you sent it. it to us. Oh. Yes. Because so we were going to do a podcast that day. That's yeah. why I sent it to you. You were like, ah, oh, we're busy. Can we reschedule? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's so exactly. funny. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. We appreciate yeah. having you. Well, thanks for having me. I truly appreciate it. And uh, anytime you guys want to come hang out in class, you're more than welcome to. Oh, hey. I would love that. Any, yeah. It, yeah. Anytime. If you want if you want your group to feel sorry for someone, I'm happy to come on. <laughs> no. Have someone that no, go, man, I was feeling bad about my abilities until I saw that woolly guy. Now I feel like a game. Now zone. I just, yeah. No. Well, well, thank you so much for having me. No, it's been great. And uh, Nikki, I hope your boobs feel better. So oh, they won't. They haven't for <laughs> six months. And so they won't until after this debacle. Oh, it'll be a while <laughs> after the debacle, too, for the record. We'll talk right. about that next show. But uh, yeah, it's going right. to be. Please, please, please. Ty always says you had fun making them, so now you have to deal with it. Oh, <laughs> you. you're gonna love that baby when it comes out. I know I'm gonna love that baby, and I'm gonna hate my nipples. Anyway, we can talk. Time. Yeah, <laughs> it'll it'll be all worth it when little John Willie Brazier gets here. So. <laughs> when little John Willie Matt Brazier Fraser gets here, <laughs> that's that's actually the perfect name, John Willie. Matt Frazier Brazier. I think it's a great name. Who came yeah. up with Matt Frazier Brazier? John yeah. did. Who else? Of course I did. That's pretty awesome. I think it's a great name. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, ladies, it's been great as always. And uh, for everyone listening, it's been a blast. And we will chat with you guys soon.